W. H. Griffith Thomas said, "Trials are permitted to come into the life of the best and holiest of men, and it is by this means that God sometimes teaches His most precious lessons. Egypt was not the promised land, and there were dangers there to body and to soul from which it was necessary that Isaac should be safeguarded." This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to continue our study on prophecies of the Bible, and we're going to dig deeper into Genesis as we come back right after this. Well, hope you guys have had a blessed week so far. Welcome again to Connecting the Gap podcast. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you once again for coming alongside me this week as we endeavor to dig deeper into God's Word. We're cruising right on through Genesis, through the promises and the covenants and the prophecies that God spread out throughout in Genesis that actually kind of told us how we got here and kind of set the 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 pace and, and set the foundations for who we are as a people and all the promises that he's actually made for Israel. We've been going through all of this over the last several weeks, and we're going to continue this week and pick up where we left off last week. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 26 here in just a little bit. First of all, uh, go to my website, connectingthegap.net. Got lots of podcasts there. You can subscribe to my podcast or to my blog, and each week you'll get a notification when a new one has been uploaded. That's the only thing that you will get from me by subscribing to that. And then I also have a YouTube channel as well. All that information, again, is on my website at connectingthegap.net. There's also a page there for a brief outline of how to be saved. If you've been listening to this podcast and you are feeling convicted in your heart and you don't feel like you're right with God, maybe you've never had a relationship with Him or you need to rededicate yourself, there is a page there that kind of goes down through the steps of what it takes to be saved and definitely contact me through the contact page if you need more information on that. I would be more than happy to pray with you and come alongside you in your walk with Christ as you endeavor to live for Him. That's what this whole podcast and this whole ministry is all about. So again, thank you guys for joining me. We're going to go ahead and get started this week and try to get through as much material as we can as we dig deeper into Genesis. This week we're going to start out with God's covenant with Isaac. Last week we talked about Abraham again and went through the time when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, his his quote-unquote most special son, on an altar. And instead of hiding Isaac in a hole in the ground and telling God that I'm not doing it, Abraham actually took him to the altar and took the knife and and had Isaac gather the wood and everything. And through all of that, he passed that test, and God understood then how much Abraham was going to actually be faithful to him and stick by his side and do what God asked him to do. So we now get into, as Isaac's growing older, God starts to bring Isaac into the mix, and he starts getting some covenants from God. And so we're going to start that this week in Genesis chapter 26, verse 3 and 4. It says, Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. As we read these scriptures, not long after Abraham moved to the land of Canaan, there was a famine 
in the promised land. You can read about that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 and 26, 1. God did not tell Abraham to relocate, but Abraham had family, servants, and animals to feed, so he temporarily moved to Egypt. The event in this passage of scripture took place about 70 to 80 years after Abraham returned to the land of Canaan. Abraham had died, and his son Isaac was now a grown man. When a second famine came to the land, God did not want Isaac to do what his father had done. So God appeared to Isaac and asked him not to go to Egypt. God wanted Isaac to stay in the promised land, and with this God promised that he would be with him, he would bless him, he would give the land to him, he would carry out the covenant that he made with Abraham, he would give him a great number of descendants, he would give the land to his descendants, and he would make one of his descendants a blessing to the whole earth. God blessed Isaac by giving him the land and many descendants. All the earth was blessed many generations later when his descendant Jesus came into the world the first time. More blessings will be realized at Jesus' second coming. Abraham's descendants will possess all the land during the millennium. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 13 through 15, it says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Isaac had twin sons. Their names were Jacob and Esau. The one born first was Esau. Of course, with that being the case, according to the rituals of that time, that gave him a birthright to inherit the covenant God made with Abraham and Isaac. But Esau was foolish. The birthright meant very little to him, and he sold it to Jacob for a bowl of stew. Several years later, Jacob deceived his father and tricked him into giving him his blessing as the head of the family. When Esau learned about it, he planned to kill Jacob, but Jacob fled the country. On his first night away from home, God appeared to Jacob and said he was giving him everything he promised to Abraham and Isaac. Thus, the all-important covenant land went to Jacob. Wayne Barber and Richard Shepard and Eddie Rasnake have said, Jacob experienced seven revelations from the Lord in his journeys. And in these revelations, we discover Jacob learning to follow God, to hear his word and obey. Those revelations occurred around five significant turning points in Jacob's life, turning points designed by God to fulfill the destiny he had for Jacob. But not only for Jacob, they were also part of God's destiny for his people Israel, for his son the Messiah, and for all his redeemed throughout the ages. All those who have been, are now, or ever will be on the journey of following God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are sometimes called the patriarchs. As such, each was the male head of their family or clan. The Jews recognized them as the beginning of the nation of Israel. God blessed Jacob, or Israel, with twelve sons, and this is continuously being fulfilled because their descendants eventually became the nation of Israel. Jesus came from this nation. More blessings will be realized at the second coming, and they will possess all the land during the millennium. As we move on into Genesis chapter 35, Jacob gets a new name. We're going to read verses 10 through 12. It says, And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. 
Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac I give to you, and to your descendants after you I give this land. Jacob was out of the land for about 20 years. As we had talked about earlier, he got into the fight with Esau and had to flee. He returned to the land of Canaan with two wives, two handmaids, and eleven children, and he moved around until God told him to settle in Bethel. At that point, God told him not to go by the name Jacob anymore. His new name would be Israel. God said a nation and kings would descend from him, and God repeated his promise that the land given to Abraham and Isaac now belonged to Jacob and his descendants. So who or what is Israel? Well, first of all, the territory God promised to Abraham and his descendants. That was spoken in Genesis 15, 18-21. Israel is also the grandson of Abraham, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. That's in Genesis 32, 28. The children of Israel, otherwise known as the descendants of Israel, are also known as Israel. That's Genesis 32, 32. The twelve tribes of Israel that descended from Israel's twelve sons are also known as Israel. Genesis 49, 1-28. The northern kingdom of Israel, or ten northern tribes of Israel, are also known as Israel. That's 1 Kings chapter 12, 16-24. The Israel of God, or the Jews, who have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, is also known as Israel. And that's in Galatians chapter 6, verse 16. So Jacob's name became Israel... His descendants became the nation of Israel. Some even became kings. The nation of Israel occupied the land at various times during the Old Testament period. They still occupy part of it today, and they will receive all of it at the second coming, and will occupy all of it during the millennium. In Genesis chapter 49, it talks of a coming ruler. In verse 10, it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. When he was dying, Israel called his twelve sons together to reveal things about their future. One of his sons was named Judah. Israel called Judah a lion's cub. Israel said the scepter would belong to the tribe of Judah until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. This, in essence, means that God's Messiah and coming ruler of the nations will be from the tribe of Judah. Among scholars, there is a wide agreement that Shiloh means rest or peace. Adam's sin brought the curse of enmity and toil. Hence, there will be no peace on earth, and people will be required to labor for a living until the second coming of Jesus. In Genesis 49:24, it says God's Messiah is called the mighty God of Jacob, the shepherd and the stone of Israel. The twelve tribes of Israel are named after the descendants of Jacob, or Israel. Jacob had twelve sons. One son was named Levi. His descendants are called the tribe of Levi, or the Levites. The Levites were selected to be the priest, so they were not counted among the twelve tribes. Omitting them left eleven tribes. One son was named Joseph. He was sold into slavery in Egypt. Joseph married an Egyptian, so his descendants were part Egyptian. He had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were made heads of tribes instead of their father. 
omitting Joseph, left ten tribes, but adding his two sons, made twelve tribes. The tribe of Judah was selected to be the leader of all the tribes. Some of the names of Jesus are Lion of the tribe of Judah, Mighty One of Jacob, and the Good Shepherd. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who will rule with a rod of iron during the millennium. We're going to go ahead and stop here for this week as this concludes our Genesis section of our study on the prophecies of the Bible. As we come back next week, we're going to start into Leviticus. As we were just talking there, uh, the tribe of Levi, the priest, part of the tribes of Israel, the Leviticus refers a lot to the different things that happened with the tribe of Levi. So we'll start that next week as we continue this study. So hopefully as we've gone through Genesis here, you've kind of seen how, as if anything, how our Christian walk with God and how we actually came into existence and how Christianity came into existence. The fact that we are all descendants of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. You can see how God took his covenants and passed those on as he promised to to Abraham, he passed it to Isaac, and as he promised to Isaac, he passed to Jacob. And there were many, many years that spanned during that time as all three of these men were alive on earth, but yet God kept his covenants and he kept his promises through all of that. So as we've looked at the very beginning of Genesis with Adam and Eve and what happened with them, how Satan had the uh, the judgments pronounced over him and how he was going to be uh, as a snake slithering on the earth of the dust of the ground he would eat. Uh, all of that stuff has taken place and is still taking place to this day. And of course, the way that we have to work now, we have to toil and work hard with the sweat of our brow and, and our blood and everything. Things are not easy for us. And that, of course, is all because of what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. So, for anyone that says that God isn't real, that God does not keep his promises, that he is uh, you know, just a non-existent person, a figment of people's imaginations, it's hard to imagine that when you read the Bible as old as it is and see those covenants being put out there and then watching them as you go through the different books of the Bible from beginning to the end. And you can sit there and watch the flow and see how all of that stuff actually did happen. You know, a lot of times as sermons are preached or whatever, uh, chapters and books are picked apart. So you actually hear studies on certain chapters of the Bible or books of the Bible in pieces. And so it's, you don't really get a chance to put everything together as you can when you start at the beginning and go through the end. So hopefully as we've been through the book of Genesis, you now have kind of seen how all of this was laid out and how we ended up being here today and why Israel is such an important part of the generation that we live in today and how big of a part it's going to play in the end times when we are actually going through uh, the millennium ages. And so uh, we'll get back into this next week and we'll pick up with Leviticus and we will start going through some covenants that are there in that book of the Bible. So again, you can go to my website, connectingthegap.net, and you can subscribe to my podcast and my blog there. Also, my YouTube channel link is there as well, and you can listen or watch or play the video. It's not an actual video, but it's a, a video file that I upload to uh, to YouTube. So those are both there on the website. You can watch them from there, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and get the notifications each week. Thanks to you guys once again for joining me this week. Thank you for your prayers as I endeavor to continue with these Bible studies and do what it is that God's called me to do. Again, this is a study based on Damon Duck, 
a study that he did, and this is prophecy of the Bible. This is something that's always intrigued me a lot, and I'm sure that uh, it's intrigued you a lot. And of course, as we get deeper into this and get closer to Revelation, it's going to get pretty crazy. I love it when it gets there towards the end of the things that are coming in the future. We'll get all to that into that uh, later at a later date. This is going to be an extended study as we go through the whole Bible. So you guys have a great week. My blog will be up tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great blessed weekend. And thank you once again for joining me today. And we'll be back next week and continue our study on the prophecies of the Bible here on Connecting the Gap.